Hey guys, it's Kathy. I wanted to play some extra episodes this week. Before we share this, I want to let you know that the doors are officially open to the podcast course that I offer once a year. And I honestly am at a point where I feel obligated to tell you to get your butt into this program because it's three months, it's live, you're going to get live calls with me and we're going to be able to go step by step through the process so that come January of 2023, your podcast is out in the world, right? We're going to start recording it. We're going to start building an audience. We're going to put a trailer up. We're going to promo it. We're going to market it. We're going to build a connection with an audience. And then you're going to publish this thing in January. And you're going to look back and say, 2022 was the best year ever because I joined Kathy for this podcast course and I grew so much and I created revenue streams. And I'm so happy that I was in this community and I found my voice and I found an incredible platform and I got to meet so many cool people and the opportunities that are going to come are going to be amazing. So if you want to join the program, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join and grab your seat. And our first live class inside of the official program will be on the 28th of September. You should join today. Go to kathyheller.com slash join. I love you so much. And I hope you find this really cool and valuable. I want to talk about creating a business because you guys, before I ever started teaching people how to create a podcast, my podcast was about teaching people how to start a business. And when we part ways this week, I feel like if you learn as much from me as possible, and you went this whole time without learning more about that from me, it's a little bit of a waste because that's really why I started a podcast is that everyone in the world who I could get to, I wanted them to know that they can get paid to do what they love. Now, podcasting, it turns out to be the greatest vehicle to fuel a business because business is people and relationships and intimacy and everyone who will ever buy from you with a credit card is a human who understood that you made something they wanted or needed. So podcasting is the single greatest thing to fuel a business because advertising that's 2D, like billboards or an impression on Facebook for obvious reasons wouldn't do nearly as much as podcasting where somebody got to know the person behind the brand where somebody got to understand more about this topic and then is excited about buying organic vitamins because they now listen to a show that's about going organic, like for obvious reasons. But before we even go to podcasting, before I ever taught podcasting, before my podcast became a top 25 show with millions and millions of downloads, I was teaching people how you could have money coming in, being yourself, getting paid to be you as Laura Belgrade. That's her line. Get paid to be you. That's my jam. So I would like to spend some time talking about that. Type a one in the chat. If that's something you want to learn, how can you get paid to be you? Carmen's interested. Cammy's interested. Kendra. Great. So this is like for the real, real, like I am very, I love God and I'm, I am, I'm into all that stuff. I'm just going to let you know very much, but 
when it comes to how I've grown my business, it's a both and, you know what I mean? There's definitely something to like being a good person and having light in your eyes and creating good energy in the room. We all have to admit that's probably what's making 90% of every interaction work, right? Like I could have the coolest, most highly reviewed thing, but if I'm not kind or awkward, or I walk in with like a lot of low self-esteem, there's some static in the room. It'll be harder, right? So that's true. And when you do something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, there's no luck anymore. Like that's, that's just you doing what works. It's like you learn, right? That if you're going to um, teach a kid to ride a bike, you start with training wheels, then you take them off, then you do this. And it, it's like, okay. It's like, we just, we had these two cats that first we started with one and the breeder was like, here's what's going to happen the first day, just have them sniff each other. Then it's going to be like this. It's like, you do things over and over and you go, oh, there's just a process to things. There's just a process to making brownies. You would never mix the eggs, the sugar, and the flour, stick your finger in the mushy stuff and say, these brownies suck. You'd go, oh no. Now that you've done that, you put them in the oven for 30 minutes or 18 minutes, or I would be 30. I burn everything. It's, it's horrible. My husband's like, you burn every, I'm like, I do. I'm just going to stop cooking at this point. It's funny, but there's a process. So for me, let's just go back. Okay. I used to be a songwriter. This was the whole deal. You guys, why I started a podcast because lo and behold, I sold songs. What does that mean? Guys. When people tell you like, oh, well, that, well, that must've been easy. It's like, well, where, hmm, how? Like my daughter's a Daisy Girl Scout. She'll sell those cookies anywhere, right? There weren't people on every corner saying, I, I buy music. I'm the human who buys music for Target. Or I, I had to figure that out, okay? But I did. And so if you would have said, well, Kath, you got your song in a Hasbro ad, which I did. I did my first big ad was for a game called Words with Friends. And it was a song I wrote called, we're good together. We're good together. Look at how we shine when we're side by side. Hey, 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 we're good together. So they gave me $48,000 to write that song for Hasbro for Words with Friends. It was in all the ads. Then I did a song for McDonald's. Guess what? They used the same song because it's a license. It was non-exclusive. So I could do one for games. I could do one for, and I was like, I just made 150 grand. What the what? So then you could say, you got lucky two times. You got lucky. But then I did it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then it's like, did you get lucky if you keep doing it over again? Oh, or you're just, you're just doing something that you now know works. That, that was it, right? I figured out how to do a thing that worked. And so I made a business selling music to NBC, ABC, Paramount, Ogilvy, ad agencies, Young and Ruby Cam, Arnold Worldwide. Oh, then after that business took off, I started another business, which was I became an agent for other songwriters. And then I got this person something, then this person something. You could, you got lucky. And then I was like, oh, but it's working again over and over and over again. Now you have your songwriting that you do. Now you're helping other artists. Then I started a songwriting class and I was like, well, let me see if that would help. Cause these people who bring me their music, they're not quite ready to bring me their music. And I don't have the time to tell them why, but what if I created time in a class 
Then the class took off. Then another satisfied customer. Then the class started making $2 million. So then we were making hundreds of thousands of dollars just for my music. Then hundreds of thousands of dollars from me selling other people's music. Then millions of dollars from teaching. And then I went, oh, because there's always going to be more people who want to learn how to do a thing than who already can do a thing. Then I started a podcast. So when I started the podcast, my point to everyone was, you can do things you love and get paid. I found a way to say, hey, let's think, hmm, I want to write music every day. So is it either be Beyonce or nothing? Or is there some, something else? And I set out to find out what are the ways. And so I looked around. I was like, well, some people make money by singing on a subway platform. And I was like, that just doesn't seem like an effective use of time. And I heard a lot of talented people on subway platforms. It wasn't like they weren't talented. I just thought, that's just not doesn't make sense. And I thought, you know, just if I was a visual artist, right? If I wanted to sit at Central Park and draw those caricatures, my my daughters, we had, you know, a sketch done of them. It cost me $28. And this woman was really talented. I walked over to her and I said to her, because now this is what I do. I said, you make $28 per sketch, but have you ever thought about calling and seeing if you could do corporate events and then you get paid by the hour. Like I'll come and be a caricature artist at your event and maybe you charge $150 an hour and it's a minimum of three hours. And she's like, I never thought of that. She's like, can I have your information? I wanna follow up with you. And she followed up with me in DMs and she did that. But then guess what happened? She grew that business to the point where she couldn't be there at every one of those bookings. So she called other sketch artists and got them the gig and took a piece of it because she got them the business and then started a business. And then from there, she grew that into a six-figure revenue very fast. And she had been sitting there all day at Central Park, eight hours a day. So what is that about? It's about finding where, where's your fishing hole? Where are the people who will buy what you have to offer? What is it that you do? What can you make? Where are the buyers already? So when I looked around at music, I was like, well, I could sing on a subway platform and maybe I'll make $19. Who else is buying music? And then I was like, well, people who have music and ads at the time, it was like Ingrid Michaelson. She had a song in an old Navy commercial. We all know the song. Cause I, I, I love the way you say good morning and you ooh, 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 take me the We all know the song. So um, that old Navy commercial changed my life. I was like, I looked her up. I was like, she doesn't have a record deal. I Googled it, found out she made 30 grand to have a song in old Navy. I was like, that's going to be me. I'm going to call every single ad agency and I'm going to figure out this business. And it took a minute. And I figured out that instead of sending them songs, I should ask them what song they need. And that was my big ninja move, guys. Now listen again. What did I do? I called people. Took a lot of courage because it's uncomfortable. And then I would ask a question. Hey, you're the music supervisor at this brand for Pepsi for that. What are you guys working on? What song do you need? That's it. Then I would shut my mouth and they would say, that's really cool. Actually, um, 
We're working on a, uh, the ad, the campaign. It's about sort of the new year and our theme is hope. And we, and I said, what song do you like? Like, well, we love the song from Imagine Dragons, but it's going to cost us 500 grand. So we're looking for an indie artist. I was like, oh, cool. Great. So I would go to a producer from a friend of mine and say, let's pitch this song for Pepsi about the new year. And they would say, oh my God, you already called someone at Pepsi. I was like, well, it's the ad agency that represents Pepsi for their broadcast spot. And yes. And they would say, great, let's do it. So we'd record a track. I'd send it over. And sometimes they'd say, this is perfect. And sometimes they would say, it's not what we need, but you were so cool. Let's do this again. Can I call you in a a week or three weeks? So I'd have a client calling me now with what they needed. Plus I'd have a song that was universal enough that sometimes it worked for another brand because ad agency creatives tend to think alike. So when they like a song, it's usually because it was cinematic and the it was the drumbeat of like certain songs, like certain hip hop songs would get used in certain tracks, just like at the time Dog Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine was working well because it moves in different ways. But the point I'm making is it literally took very little. And then I was making half a million dollars and licensing music. And I did that for a decade because to me, that was as good as it got. I was like, I get to go to a studio, I get paid. And then I told that story and songwriters were like, uh, 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 excuse me, you need to teach me that. And I was like, oh, at first I was like, no. <laughs> and then I was like hearing it over and over every party I would go to, every friend would be like, how the hell do you do that? I just heard you again. I was walking through grocery store and your song came out. And I'm like, okay, I guess I could teach that. And then I figured out the business of teaching it. And then I backpedaled from that. Do you know how I started a course? I asked this girl, Chelsea, who was a songwriter. I said, come to my house, ask me every question you would have. She's like, really? That'd be like the best day ever for free. I'm like, yeah. She asked me every question. I said, can you take notes? She's like, obviously I'm going to take notes anyway. I'm like, great. Asked her for the notes. Did something that's very Kathy-like. I bought her a laptop. She's like, you just bought me a lot. I'm like, well, you're being really generous and your laptop was dying like every three hours. So she was like really happy. And I said, could could I take those notes now? And like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sit with them for a minute. I'll call you if I have follow-up questions. I took those notes and said, this is my class. No slides, no garbage, just here go. This is what people need to hear. And then I kept asking the question, how can I make that class better? What else could I do differently to get them across the finish line? Oh, I'm going to actually bring in people who could, you know, give them advice who I already know who it was just like, of course it turned into a $2 million class. It was just, it was great. It was great. And then I started a podcast. And so when I started the podcast, I was writing music. I was pitching other people's music and I was uh, teaching a class. And so I thought, well, I'm making a lot of money doing three different businesses. One is helping other artists. One is teaching other artists. And one is being an artist. I was like, I think I can teach this, like how you can make money with anything. And so I started to teach people how to create a business. I started realizing that there were five businesses. There were only five business models. 
I started teaching people how to start a business, how to grow a business, how to get a client, how to keep a client. Getting a client is one part, not as important as keeping it. The, the most money businesses spend is on trying to get new clients when really, if you can keep a client, you're already done. You're done. So when my billboard article came out, it said, Kathy Heller is making this much money licensing music this year. She's licensed songs from 27 different places. Well, those 27 places, it was really six places that all started referring me to other people in the business. So then I got this reputation for like, she's easy to work with. Her songs are great. She can write to your brief. She can write for the show. She can write your ending credits. And it took care of itself. And part of it is like just people skills and part of it is business skills. So type a one in the chat if you feel excited about growing a business. And those of you just want to say, we did a poll in the group and we said, how many of you want to take this program? And how many of you have a reason you can't take it? And we said, finish the sentence. I either can't afford it, I'm not ready, or I don't know enough about it. And a lot of people said I can't afford it. So here's my very strong statement. If you can't afford it, which very much might be the reality you're experiencing, what I would say to you is, what is the plan? What is your business plan? What is the abundance plan? What is your money plan? So that come January of 2023, you can afford the things you want to do. And I would say, start getting paid to be you start a business, create a business so that you never have to say, I can't afford it. Because for most people, they'll say, I can't afford it. And then that'll be it. Change that. Do something about that. Create a thing that's making you the money. So you have more than that. If it's $300 a month to take this class, what is your plan? What is your offer going to be? What is the way you're going to change the way you're oriented to your day-to-day -day life to pull genius out of yourself, to pull empathy out of yourself, to pull creativity out of yourself so that you have more than $300 of extra income a month. You have 3,000 extra, 30,000 extra. What's the plan? And most people will say, oh, I don't have a plan. So I'll say, so then what makes you think you'll not be in this position next year? And they'll say, I don't, I think I will be. And I'll say, so why are we not dealing with that? Why are we not, especially as women, right? Like, let's get really good about dealing with money and making money. Why are we not doing that? Why are we really looking at it and going, but this is what I do and this is what it is. I, I'm a teacher or I'm a this, or I'm a social worker. And this is all I make. It's like, but it's not working well because you're not thriving. There should be enough and then more than enough so that when you have something in your life you want, you can do it. So it's like, how could you grow your business if you're a podiatrist? How could you get more clients? It's like, hmm, where are there people with foot problems? Could you contact the city ballet and offer to do a free workshop? Could you go into the Nike store and say, I'll come every Sunday just to give people, just to give people free, you know, information and like help you guys sell shoes. It's like, what are the things you're doing to grow your business? If you don't have a business, I would say, 
anything that you do that people would like can become a business. And you might say, but I don't have any talent. And it's like, but that's not true. It's just a matter of we haven't been resourceful and creative. And the big problem is we haven't tested anything. But if we tested things, if we started to use our love of baking or photography, could you become the person who does the baby first baby shots or the maternity shots? How would we start it? Well, starting a business is actually not hard because you don't start by charging. You start by testing. You give it away for free first. And then within a very short window, we get feedback and then we sell it. And then we have the courage to sell it again. And now we realize people are happy that we sold it because they got to buy the earrings we made and made them happy. They got to get those photos. They needed to buy them anyway. And we realize oh, I was on the other side of just not being willing to be creative and try something and be messy. Start a freaking business. Don't be in a position where you model for yourself or for your kids. Oh, it's just something I say all the time. I can't afford that. But you get to decide how this story is going to go. You decide your reality. And the gift is not only can you make money doing what you love, but then you get to do what you love. So then that's really the gift is that you get to be more resourceful, look at your life and say, all right, what if I could blow this whole thing up right now, the way it is and change it? What would that look like? So Colleen, anything you want to say, and then I'm going to dive into the five different types of businesses and how are you guys feeling right now? And this is why you need to be in the class. If especially more so for the people that I can't afford it. Because if you're still here and you're telling me I can't afford it, you want it. And if you want something that you tell yourself you can't afford, you need to start something. Where's your offer? Where's the world able to pay you $300 a day, an hour, so that you can do anything that you want to do? Because I just booked four nights at Blackberry Mountain for us to go on a trip as a family this winter, I did. Colleen, I'm going to send you the pictures. I felt so good after I booked it because I know that life goes very fast and I want to steal as much daylight with my kids as possible. And so I could have been the girl who says, I just can't afford it because I remember what that was like. My dad walked out. We didn't have any extra money. I didn't go to go to like a fancy camp or a fancy school or have a fancy car. And I was like, but I'll figure it out. I'll tell you something. I had a friend who needed a bone marrow transplant. And you know what happened? He said, I'm going to find one. Because that's what you do when it's like, oh no, I'm doing this. I will be able to afford all the things. I will take my kids on vacation. So what did he do? He said, as if my life depends on this, which it did, I'm going to find a, a, a person who's a match. So they've got so resourceful. They reached out to people with big Twitter accounts and said, can you post this? How smart was that? They reached out to everyone they knew. How many things happened? Well, do you think he found a match? He wound up finding a match for eight people. Now, what most people could think and have said to him is, oh, you need that match. Forget it. It's just impossible. I mean, where are you going to get it? You can't walk down to the drugstore and find it. And no one, you know, has it. And this is the reality. And he was like, 
except it has to happen. So a lot of times we live in scarcity to the point where we go, just, just what is Kath? Let me just show you the evidence. It's not going to change. And I'm like, okay. Cause when I was growing up and I watched my dad leave and my mom didn't have any money left, I said, that'll never be me. That can't happen. So what am I going to do about it? I was like, I'm going to be willing to be uncomfortable. I'm going to test things. When I first started writing music, I was so humiliated. I have emails from people saying, don't ever send me more music. It's not good. And it wasn't. It really wasn't. Like I'm not being sweet and nice and looking for a compliment. I would say it took a hundred songs before they were anything even above mediocre. But I heard Ed Sheeran say that when he started writing music, he was like 14. And he said, you ever go to Vermont or somewhere like that and you're there for the weekend and it's snowing and you go to run the hot water and you haven't been to the cabin, the water comes out and it's a little brown. He goes, you know what you do? You run the water. And about 12 seconds later, it gets clearer and clearer. And now you can shower in it. Now you can boil it. You can make pasta. He said, you write your way through the brown sludgy water. He said, my first 40 songs, just get out that brown sludgy water. And that changed my life. I was like, thank you, Ed Sheeran. That changed my life. I blast Ed Sheeran in my car. Blast it. Literally, if I go to my iTunes, because I play that in my car, the very last song I played was One Life by him last night. Point is, you guys, get up for your life. Wake up for your life. Be really, really there for yourself. Be the adult. Don't make decisions from the person you've been. Make decisions from the person you want to be and say, no, no, this has to happen now. I'm going to start a business. And I'm never going to stay. I'm not going to go into a new year saying, I can't afford it. I'm going to do the thing so I can afford it. Because if someone can find a match for their bone marrow, I can start a business. I can make, I can generate $300 a month. I can find something I do. I can find something I make. I can find something I teach that generates $300 a month, $1,000 a month, $30,000. Of course you can. You just, that's it. That's your decision. That's what you're doing. There's no way around it. You're not telling your kids the story of, guys, you're going to grow up. You're going to hit a limit and that's going to be your life. I want you to look at me, do that. And then just know that the world is out there to get you and there's nothing else for you. And be and make do, just make do. Don't make do, not when there's a market out there, not when on the other side of your podcast or your Instagram or your neighborhood, there are people who would buy from you. Not when you could generate so much enthusiasm, so much connection. You could be willing to test things so many times that in the next 90 days, you could make an amazing service, product. You could create an event. Do it. But remember, you can do this because it doesn't start with, here's my ticket item for $4,000. It starts by testing it. You want to do a class? You do what I did with Chelsea. You teach for free the first day. Then it's so easy to sell it because you go, Chelsea's on cloud nine. Now you got 10 people in your living room. You charge them each $200 for five hours. That's what I did. That's my first real paid class. They liked it. Let's do it again. Now there's 30 people. Now the demand is going out. Now the class is getting better. My first song, get the notes back. 
enjoy those notes, send cupcakes for the person who gave you the notes to say, thanks for taking the time to help me be better. Now my song got better. Now they're just impressed that I cared enough to have the humility to thank them for their comments. Now they want to give me another shot. Now I write another song. Get resourceful, get scrappy, start a business. That's what we're doing over the next three months. Don't be confused. A podcast is a means for you to step into your potential, start a business, grow a business. Let's get excited. Let's bend the 3D reality that you're in. Your 3D reality says, I cannot afford this. Do you want to change that? Type a one in the chat if you want to change it. You might not want to. That's also okay. And I mean that. Because if you don't want to, and you're good to go, you just won already. There are people like that I know in my life who are like, I'm very, very happy. I'm not lying. I'm extremely happy with this little amount that I have because I meditate and take walks every day. And I take books out of the library and I'm just skipping down the street like Zoe Deschanel from New Girl, just enjoying life and living my best life. I buy that. I know people who have that experience legitimately. And then I know people who are miserable because they know they're sitting on something that they haven't quite cracked and they want to, and they don't like their dead end job and they're not excited and they're not meditating and taking walks and they're not enjoying the simple life that they have. They're really unhappy. And that's why I started a podcast for those people. But there are almost 9 billion people in the world. Some of them are the happy people, very simply happy with that. You won already, you're good to go. But you know yourself, if you're not actually fulfilled and happy with what you have, it might be because it's actually calling you to what really is your life, where you really need to be playing in a zone that you were made to play in, a zone of genius, a zone of excellence, a zone of creativity. And that's probably why you're being called there because the world needs a little bit more to be shining from you. Colleen, anything you want to say, keep saying that. And then I talk over you. <laughs> but it's also good. All of it. I, um, I just want you guys to really understand we create from the now the moment in the now. And it's so often that we put off showing up differently until something external to us changes. Until there's more money in the bank account, I can't go there. Until there's more time on my calendar, I can't go there. Until these things that I feel overwhelmed with are no longer overwhelming me, then I can't do this. And every time we do that, we're stepping out of the creation moment, which is now, right? And we can't shift, like Kathy was saying, we can't shift what our world looks like if we keep showing up the same kind of waiting for something to change. What changes is how you connect into your world around you. That's the magic. And so when you give yourself that permission, it's going to take courage, right? So it's not supposed to be a, a moment where you're like, oh my God, yes, a hundred percent. Like this is so easy for me to say yes to this or yes to this, because the amount of growth in a space where the yes is that easy, it's not going to lead you to a space that is as transformative or as deeply fulfilling. It's those moments where we're like, you know, you get on the roller coaster, you're like, I don't know if this was a good idea or not. Right. But then you go on it and you're like, I'm so proud of myself. Oof, like this was exhilarating. This was incredible. This was amazing. I'm so capable of doing it. And we have to call ourselves up and it's, it's now, now is the moment. Love Colleen. Everybody loves Colleen. She's great. So the thing is this, you know, I 
went on a spiritual path before I started any business. I was a, I started as a theater major in college because I did community theater as a kid. It like saved me from being in my parents' living room where it was like toxic as hell. Um, I started as a theater major. And after the first semester, I was like, I don't need to go to college to be a theater major. Like my heart is like dying. I am here on academic probation. I just watched my mom go through years of depression. I need answers. And so I asked the Dean, what class can I take that will like give me an answer to the meaning of life? And she goes, you know, there's a whole building. It's a humanities building. I'm like humanities. What's that? And she said, well, you could actually get a degree just by reading books on like philosophy. And I'm like, huh? And she's like, yeah. And, and that might be interesting to you. And I was like crying, wiping the snot off my face, telling her like, my parents got divorced. I haven't talked to my dad in eight years. I, I just, I can't sit here and like be a normal 18 year old. Like I have too many questions about life. And she's like, well, this is cool for you. Like, go do that. And I said, so what else is in humanity? She's like, it's philosophy, religion, anthropology. And I was like, Ooh, this is cool. So I spent four years doing that. And I loved it. And I was able to get straight A's because I liked it. I wanted to read a book on like, what are Southeastern Asian religions? And I was like, this is so cool. Like it was so amazing. And then after college, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. People were like, I studied this poli sci. I'm going to law school. They're like, I did this. I'm going to grad school. I did this. I'm going to work at an ad agency in New York city. I'm like, what am I going to do with a world religion degree? Like, so I went, what was supposed to be a two week trip to Jerusalem. I had never been, I figured I'm a Jewish girl. I've never been there. It seems like a holy place. I'll go for two weeks. I stayed there for almost three years. I like learned all of this, like mysticism It was amazing. I learned Hebrew. I learned Aramaic. I learned some Arabic. I like enjoyed myself so much. And then I came to Los Angeles and I signed up to study at UCLA because I wanted to learn mindfulness. I wanted to learn about straight research behind secular meditation practices. So I did that. And then I started a business. So I've learned along the way that it's no joke, like so much of what allows me to do what I do is that there's space in my brain. There's some space. (laughs) That's what allows me to do what I do. I meditate every day, right? It's only 10 minutes in the morning, sometimes 20, but there is a thing called your subconscious mind has about a thousand thoughts a second. I mean, it's crazy. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I'm exaggerating to make a point because it's, it's insane. You, you have like 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. And every one of those thoughts creates a chemical response and it makes us stressed out. And what happens is you literally learn about the brain and you realize, oh my God, it's been six months since I was present. It's been 18 years since I had a present moment. Like when I say a moment, I mean, a sustained moment of presence. What happens when we clear out all this stuff is we start to hook into space and then we get creativity and then we become present and then people like being in conversation with us and then we start listening and we don't listen with projections. We listen with what they actually said and now we can start anything. We can grow anything. So some of what I do teach in the class is also some of that because- 
that's my background. I can't not teach it. It's a little bit of how I do everything. But some of you were saying how fired up you're getting. You're getting fired up because you're coming out of the fog of the loop in your brain. Like every single day, if you don't mind the store, you will be in the past. That's just a actual, I'm just a scientific fact. Your brain will repeat the thoughts you had yesterday. You'll feel the way you felt yesterday. And you'll do what you did yesterday. And that's how it works. So the way that people get ahead of that is they sit their butt down five minutes a day and say, I'm coming here right to this moment. And they learn simple techniques to notice, to witness and say, okay, there it is. There's the spinning. And that starts to separate you. And it's a whole thing. And I teach a little bit of that in the class, but the the thing we're doing today is I think it expires tonight. We actually have a whole program where I teach a lot of that. And some of you who sign up by tonight will get that bonus as well. So you'll get even more of that, but that's a huge piece of the puzzle. In any case, once you start to set down the very heavy chemical toxic kind of loop, that's like continuing to put you in this 3D box and saying, of course, you can't get out of this box. This is all there is. You can't afford it. Here's why. Then you start to get dysregulated again. Now you can't be creative. You can't think of new solutions. You're just locked into the past every single day, locked in, locked in, locked in. That's how most people live. And they go, I can't afford it. I'm like, of course you can't afford it. You feel the way you felt yesterday. You think the way you thought yesterday, you're doing what you did yesterday. If you thought differently and felt differently and did differently, you'd have different, but you're locked in, you're stuck in there. And this is, this is part of the problem. Okay. So when we start to set that down, we can start to actually breathe. We can start to actually get creative and play here in the present where there's tons of possibilities. There's a possibility for you to not be in a place if I can't afford it. All of a sudden, in the present moment, there's a possibility for you to find something you love to do and sell it. (sighs) All of a sudden, in the present moment, there's a possibility for you to be excited about this challenge because it's actually a way to be brave and, and find more of your genius. And all of a sudden, the present moment starts to give you a lot of gifts. So in this present moment, I will tell you from interviewing 658 people in this world who all have their own businesses, there's five different ways to have a business. Write these down. You can make something. I used to write songs. I was a songwriter. That's making something out of nothing, right? My friend Jenny, I told you she makes vegan food. My sister-in-law is a photographer where she likes to take pictures and put them in gallery showings. She's an artist type of photographer. Some people make jewelry. So you can be a maker. You can sell something you make. Holy crap. Can you imagine if right now there's something you like to make and you could get paid for it? Well, you can. There's a way that we could look at the story you tell and the market you're marketing to, how you're communicating it. We can get one customer really satisfied and we can grow a business around it and then figure out what kind of podcast you would have that would help the people who listen to be even more excited and invested in that. And then you use it to sell your photography. You use it to sell the thing you make. We had a woman actually, Kate Northrup, my friend who's very successful texted me. This is a true story. So I'll just show it to you. In my Voxer this morning, she says to me, 
Give me the name of the woman. Where is this? This morning, right here. She says, good morning. Do you happen to remember the name of the woman who makes the inner child dolls? And I said, yeah, here she is. And she says, great, I want to buy them. And I won't, I won't give it away because she told me who she's going to buy it for. She goes, so precious. I said, I agree. So this girl, Kelly Joy, okay, she came to one of my programs with, I can't afford it. I want to be able to afford things. And I said, you can't afford things? Let me see what you do. She goes, I make things. I go, what do you make? She goes, I made this pot holder. I made this rug. I made this dress. I made this doll. I made this. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. show me that doll again. She goes, I made this doll. I go, that's the cutest doll I've ever seen. And she goes, okay, so I make nine things. I have an Etsy shop, can't sell anything. I said, well, you make nine things. So what are you known for? Nine things, let's have one thing. And she's like, one thing? Ooh, I said, which one of these things is your favorite thing you make? She goes, the doll. I go, I wonder how I knew that. So I said, let's see if we could sell the doll. I go, what do you sell the doll for? She goes, I can't make ends meet. I sell the doll for like $20 and it takes me like four hours to make it. I go, then don't do that. She goes, well, what do I do? I said, well, let's talk about this doll for a second. What is this doll? She goes, this is a really cute doll I make. Like, I just make it with my hands. I'm like, that should be more than $20. So I said, you know, you told me that you've been working on this inner child thing. Like you do work on inner child work. You've read books on the inner child. Yeah. I said, what if you made an inner child doll? And she's like, tell me more about that. I said, well, what could you do with that? And she then said, well, well, I guess I could say I make inner child dolls and people could send a picture of themselves from when they were like eight. And then I could make a custom doll. And I said, yeah, what would you charge for something that's custom? And she's like, more than $20. Look at my husband, come on in here. He just made me a smoothie. And he was amazing last night. He was amazing. Colleen, you would have been like glowing, even though you're not married. She would have been glowing. You were so good last night. I'm so in love with everything you are and what you did. He was a sexy MFer last night. It was amazing. Fucking took the house down. He was amazing. You were. He crushed. I, I like you were a thousand times better last night than you've ever been. <laughs> and he makes me a smoothie with protein and flax seeds and turmeric. Just the turmeric. There's no flax seeds in here. Oh my gosh. Protein. Okay, great. Okay, now it's too much. All right. Go he had a comedy show, you guys, for those of you wondering. Yeah, he oh was God. on stage. At the, I know it was a hilarious conversation without that context. And I was like, oh, he did a comedy show with the improv in uh, Hollywood. And uh, they asked him to come back and even have a residency there because it was so awesome. So they're going to have Jay Leno on their next one. And then Judd Apatow and Jerry Seinfeld, they all said, yes, it's just so fun to watch him do his thing. Anyways, this whole inner child thing with Kelly, you guys, it was so cool. And then I said, she came back. She's like, I can't even make these dolls fast enough. I decided that with each doll comes a little permission slip that you put next to your computer that says, 
dear, you know, younger me, I give you permission to like be messy. And she's like, and then I started a workshop for everyone who bought the dolls to like, just talk about their inner child. And then she's, and then I said, but you now need to like scale this business. You can't keep making the doll. You have to find, she goes, that's my now problem. I have two, I've sold 800 dolls. We had that, we had that conversation. And she had changed the price from $20, like $140 because they're handmade custom dolls, which is appropriate. Still sold 800. So she's like, what am I going to do now? I can't keep up. And I said, what else do you think we could do with this? So what did she wind up doing? She sold the patterns for these dolls. Cause guess what? She had a whole world of people who just love also to make things. It, it just, it's so easy. It hurts. Like it's so easy that when I see people go, hi, Kath, you don't get it. I can't afford it. I go, no, you don't get it, but that's okay. Just stay there because it must be, there must be a payoff in it. I'm like, get out of the, I can't afford it and go do something you love. Go do something you want to do. Go build a business. Are you getting this? Type a one in the chat if you're getting it a little bit. There's a, a skylight and the light's coming in. So if the light's starting to come through the crack in your brain, this is why I'm here today. Because there were so many people who answered that poll. I would love to do it. I can't afford it. Change it. Change that in your life. Start a business. Do something you love. Get on stage at the improv. Do you know how much money he made last night? He couldn't believe it. And I said to the, the guy at the improv, I'm like, he wouldn't even need this. He just had the best time. I was like, well, no, he earned this money. And I was like, you can literally make more than a thousand dollars from doing something like this. This is a joke. It was like, he's like, whoa, he couldn't even believe it. We didn't even do it for the money. We did it for like the openings of all the doors. What are you doing? What are you doing with the, I can't afford it dance move on from that and say, how could I afford it? What would I do? What would I call out from inside of me? So you could be a maker. You can be a teacher. You can get paid to teach. You can teach people how to knit. You can teach people how to take pictures really well. You can teach people how to use their iPhones better. You can teach people how to set up, um, their Instagram. You can teach people how to do comedy. You can teach people whatever it is you already know how to do. I know how to podcast. I can teach that. Okay. Teaching. You can teach. You can create a class in your living room. You can create a class in person. You can create a class online. Teaching is a thing. I had a friend who was a waitress. Listen to this story. And she came out to LA to be an actor. And I said, Michelle, can I be really honest with you? And she's like, yeah, and you always are. I said, well, this is a joke. You came out here to be an actor. It's been three years. You wait tables every day. When would you have time to make space to get an audition? She's like, well, I don't get auditions. I go, why don't you get auditions? Because you can't have an audition. Like you are working all day. She's like, it's true. The one audition I got, I almost lost my job. I couldn't find someone to cover the shift. I'm like, that's not a good long-term solution. She's like, you're right. So I said, is there anything about acting that you would teach? And she's like, well, I would teach it to kids. And I said, let's talk about that for a second. Tell me more. And she's like, well, I do like teaching acting to kids. I think it helps them with their self-esteem. And then even if there's like weirdos at school who bully, like it helps them and it's fun. I said, okay, let's talk about that. 
I said, you know how much it is for kids to take classes? And this was in Los Angeles. I said, my daughter's gymnastics class is $48 a class. And she's like, oh, I said, and it's a group class where they just jump on a trampoline. This isn't like hardcore. You're going to the Olympics gymnastics. Like this is just like jumping around in a pit with like foam. And she's like, okay. I said, that's legit. Go look it up. She's like, okay. I said, my daughter's piano class, which is 45 minutes is $55. And this is not concert pianist piano. This is like, you know, Ricky Ticky Taxi. Like this is like, and she's like, Okay. I go and my daughter's tennis classes and her horseback, her horseback ride was $68 an hour. Um, she's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. And she had to buy the, the, all the things which she really liked. Right. She goes, okay. I said, so there's a market where parents pay to drop their kids off to do things that they like. And she's like, uh-huh. I said, let's just do really easy math. Cause I'm not good at complex. She's like, okay. I said, if you had 15 kids in the world, only 15 who paid $50 for a class, do you know how much money that is? And she's like, let's see. So she adds it up. She goes, wow, that's $750. I said, yeah. I said, what if you had two classes of 15 kids? She goes, that's $1,500. I said, yeah. Let's say you taught two classes every week, one on Sunday afternoon, one on Thursday night in the afternoon. She goes, I'm like making it up. I'm like, I don't care when you teach it. She's like, okay. So that's two classes, 1500 a week. What's that times four? She goes, that's $6,500 a month. I go, what do you make now? She's like, I don't make $6,500 a month. And I work all day, every day. And I have a catering job on the weekends. I'm like, uh-huh. So what if you did a class for kids and you got two classes of 15? What do you think happened? She got that. Two classes of 15 kids. And then more kids wanted to take the class. So she hired her other actor friends. And she then had Sundays in the afternoon and they started doing a play and she became an actor actor because she had her entire week free to audition. She had no more excuses and she started acting and she then started directing. Actually, she found her way to wanting to direct, which is probably really why she loved teaching the kids because she really wanted to be a director and she wound up becoming a very successful director. I just don't understand. I, I don't get the, I can't afford it. I'm like, well, you can't afford it in this moment, but how about in the next moment? Because as soon as she had the thought that she could make $6,500 for two classes of 15 kids, it was done. She got it. And she's like, that's too, if standing on my feet every day, doing something I hate is one option and just attempting to do that is another option, I'll attempt it. And then it worked out and it wasn't hard. And she said to me, the first thing I remember, she said to me, well, how am I going to sell it? And I said, well, who's buying it? The kids or the parents? She said, the parents. I said, okay, so maybe the first thing you do is some free workshop for the parents and the kids to come. And you talk a little bit about acting and the benefits of acting. And maybe you play a couple of games. That's what she did. She asked her friend who had a beautiful backyard, if she could do something. And her friend said, yeah, and I'll invite the parents in my kid's class. And that's how it started. And she got her first eight kids and then it grew and then they all had siblings. And next thing she knew it was, it happened in about a month. So I'm just not, 
I'm just not getting the, I can't afford it. But also I have a podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job. That's what I do for a living. I've been looking at the evidence that anybody can have any business they want and you can grow it as big as you want. It just has to come from the thought, what if I could do this? What would I do? So you can make something, you can teach something. What's the next thing? You can do a service for somebody. What service can you do? Well, do you like organizing your own house? Do you want to organize somebody else's house? Because I have several friends in my life who make hundreds of thousands of dollars, which started with, I can do a package for you. It's a minimum of three hours. It's $85 an hour. Here's how I do it. I start with your garage. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the thing I found. You're the least attached to. So we clean up the garage. You get addicted to that feeling. Then we go in the bathroom. Then we go in the kitchen. Then we go to your closet. Like you can do it however you want. That's a service. What are other services? You can take pictures of people's kids, their weddings. You can, you can meal prep for people if you're doing it for yourself anyway. There's no end. What's the fourth thing you can do? You can curate things. What if you have a bunch of friends and they're photographers and you think, I want to curate an evening where people come and they buy this photography and your friends say, but I'm too shy to set it up, but I'll be at the event if you do it. So my sister-in-law said, she's a photographer. She's more on the shy side. Her friend decided to curate an evening of women photographers who each did pictures of Coney Island. That was going to be their theme. And she couldn't believe it. She made 20, my sister-in-law made $2,500 that night. She's like, that was the coolest thing ever. She made a lot of money. She sold her prints and the woman who curated it made a piece of everything. So when I used to help other songwriters, that was me being a curator for other people's music, right? My, Emma, who produces my podcast, came to me early on and said, I'm good at that part. Like I'm good at editing I don't want to host a podcast, but I could help you with yours. So people reach out to people all the time and say, I'm really good at this part. I'm going to do this, right? So curating things. What else can you do? You can investigate things for a living, right? Like podcasting, you're investigating topics, entrepreneurship, wellness, happiness, mindfulness, parenting, sex, products, um, whatever it is, like you can get paid, you can create a podcast and then create events for people who just are interested in Legos and they all meet up together and you pay for people pay for tickets. It's just, there's, there's no end, right? But each of those things are a whole thing. Okay. Those are the five categories I've seen. And then there's like a very simple, it's not complicated. It's just scary. No, none of the things I teach are complicated. They're just scary. They're scary because you've been in your comfort zone and you're scared of getting out of it, but it's not complicated. And then you can start a business. And it's amazing how, when you start to change how much is flowing through you, well, you become abundant, right? You're abundant with ideas. You're abundant with possibility. You're abundant with creativity. You're abundant with so many things. You just become a magnet for abundance because you're, you're in that abundant energy, when you're in the, I can't afford it, forget it. You won't have creative ideas. You won't give off any kind of feeling of like overflow and you'll wind up being in this limiting sort of environment. You'll have friends who kind of mirror that. You'll have thoughts that mirror that. You'll have a life that mirrors that. And that's where a lot of people get stuck, but for no real good reason. Colleen, anything you want to say or add to this? Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's 
we can't hear it enough, right? And even Kathy and I, you guys, it's not like you're going to reach some level and you never need to hear these reminders from outside of yourself and hear the resonance and tune in and tap into it because every level we hit to, there's always going to be some kind of new circumstance that requires us to be courageous. There's going to be something different that comes up. And that's the whole point. We can't keep waiting for a moment when we think that is going to no longer be the case because that actually never exists, right? You are going to be a multimillionaire and you are still going to need to dig and find courage every single day to continue your expansion because that's all it is. The expansion is infinite. It's limitless, right? But when we stay in scarcity, it's very, very difficult to see anything other than what we see from that vantage point, right? If we want to go around the corner, we want to see what's around there. We have to have the courage to be like, it's dark. I don't know what's there, but I can feel the calling. And that's the thing, you guys, if you're here still one week into this and you're still tuning in and you're still turning up, there's a reason you've made this a priority in your day. There's a reason why, you know, when you come here, like, oh, it just feels so good. And we want you to be able to stay in this space and this energy so you can keep tapping into it to learn how you can come home to that every single day because it does get to feel that easy. It does get to feel that good. There does get to be a world where you surround yourself with, oh my gosh, look at everything that's possible. What if it's possible? What if I can afford it? What if I do have time that I think I can't see that I have? Because it's so freeing when you can just step into that. It's so freeing. And I think the more you guys are on these lives, you don't have to take a leap. You're like, everything in my brain says this makes sense. Like there's no smoke and mirrors. I'm not saying you just use this hashtag. You'll make all this money. Like, but I am saying you come up with an idea and you test it. You get feedback, you give it away for free. You make it better and then you sell it and you sell it for what's reasonable in the market that already exists before you got there. There's already a market for lotion. There's already a market for smoothies. You didn't create that. It's already there. People already know what they would pay for it on the low end or the high end. And now you're just doing that after you've already given away for free, you've tested it. Now there's a market for a class. There's a market for a retreat. There's a market for a knitted doll on Etsy just join in the fun, join in the parade. And then you find out, oh my God, there were already people on Etsy searching for those dolls. There were already people searching for a class on songwriting. There were already people searching for this. So now you're just raising your hand to be a part of this thing called the market that already exists. So get involved, right? Get involved. And then what's amazing is you can give money away. Like, that's what's so beautiful about the way really we are designed is that whenever you have something delicious, my husband does this with smoothies. Every time how it started is he would make a great smoothie. He's like, you have to try this. When you see a movie you love, what do you do? You say to your best friend, you have to see this movie. When you start making money, you want other people to have money. So it's, it's honestly, it's, it's kind of what happens is you start to you start to give your time and you start to give your money. And it's just, and it's also great because the way that taxes are set up is like, you get, you get good for giving good. So it's like, it's only a win, 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 win. Right. And then you feel like, oh my God, I want to just be able to give money to this cause, or I want to help another woman start a business, or I want to be able to give this time of mine for free, or I want to be able to have a retreat 
and have three women come who can't afford it. And we're all helping them. Or people come to the retreat. I mean, Taktis came to our last retreat and then she wanted to raise money for women in Pakistan because there's been a flood and it's been actually completely horrible. And she was like, you don't understand. I raised so much money for these women in Pakistan by going to the retreat because I said to her, please talk about it. Please use the floor. Please do it. Oh my gosh. Like, what are the ways that you could actually change the world by having the courage to stop saying I can't afford it and start saying, what would I do different? What could I do? And so inside of the class, we don't just throw you to the wolves and say, go sell something. We're like, let's reverse engineer how you can pull out from you what you like. And a lot of times you're like, but I don't know if I have anything I'm good at. And I'm like, give it a moment, take a deep breath. Like we're going to find it. We're going to try things. We're going to pick something that you're interested in that you wish you could get paid for. And we're going to test it. And we're going to see what could be a business around that. And this is what we talk about in the program. And then we have you take the next little step. And then the next little step and people turn around, they go, holy crap, I'm actually doing this now. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that hard. Like you're not asking to be Howard Schultz overnight. You're like, can I, could I just find a way to make a little bit extra income doing something I like, like, yes, you can. Right. Um, Colleen, why don't we take some questions? And then the reason I say all of this is because your podcast will then become a feeder to all of these gifts that you can get paid to do. That's the beauty of podcasting. So when we say we're going to teach you how to monetize your podcast, we don't just teach you how to create a podcast. We teach you how to create all the different things you can use your podcast to make revenue from, which are things you make, things you do, create events that you create, um, and on and on it goes. Awesome. So glad you're getting so much out of this live, Angela. This is why we're here. So that's why I say MPS, there's no, Laura Belgrade just said this to me because I said, we always raise the price on Wednesday on purpose to get you guys to move into action. And she said, yeah, you know why you do that? There's no benefit. There's no joy to being on the fence in life. It sucks. And so we're like, this, you're either going to go in and start choosing more for yourself and being more creative and starting to see what else you could pull out of it, or you're not. So like, why do we want to keep you in that being on the fence? So we raise the price Wednesday. We will raise it for your benefit. So if you want to be in this program and you join by tonight, there's tons of bonuses. And if not, you'll join before Wednesday or else you're going to have to spend more money and you don't want to do that. You don't. And I really care about you guys getting out of this scarcity mindset. So I'm going to do everything in my power that I could try to do to move you into action. And everybody who hasn't caught up, go catch up on all the last few days because there's so much value in these days. All right, let's do some. Danielle. Hi. So. Interestingly enough, when I saw the advertisement for the podcast boot camp, I have never listened to that many podcasts, <laughs> um, honestly. But I got a job assisting someone who's special needs who has started his own podcast. And so I took the boot camp because I was like, maybe it'll help me in trying to assist him in what he's doing and try and help, you know, his process. And it made me realize that this is probably the best way for me to launch this idea that I've had that's kind of been growing in me for the last couple of years. And so I had left a, an abusive marriage a couple of years ago. 
And I was actually living overseas. I was in the Middle East and I moved back to the US, myself and my kids and eight suitcases. And that was it. Mm. Totally started over, went from absolutely, I mean, started with nothing. And so my big thing, my kids at the time were one and three. They're now three and five. And so my big thing has been, I may be a single mom, but I want to be here for my kids. I do not want to put them in daycare, just leave them in childcare, let someone else raise my kids. It's really important for me to be the person who's raising my kids Uh. to be there every day. So this has been really cool because what I've done over the last couple of years is I've really grown um, as a person leaving the domestic violence situation. And so to be starting over and I actually have started to... Um, to lead support groups for people who are currently leaving domestic violence situations. And so I've got all these ideas of how I can um, help people and really launch something. And I want to write books and I have, you know, I have a lot of things that are really in my heart. And so my big question is I'm starting from scratch. Like I, I have nothing right now. And because of the domestic violence situation and having a restraining order, I cut my friends list to nothing on Facebook. So I'm literally starting over. And so I, I want to set up a brand because I want it to turn into books and I want to do um, like kind of extend this and, and to really sell it and let this be what I do. And so my question is, how important is it in the beginning to really set up the brand and the idea and have like a big thing or is it better to really just start with building a small community and then start the podcast and then like what what are the kind of the biggest things for starting out so first of all it goes without saying that it is amazing and it's not the right word it's it's so incredible that you've demonstrated for your kids and for yourself that you could do something that's actually that hard, right? Like, because we all know that when we're in a pattern, when we're allowing someone to treat us a certain way, what we have to overcome in ourselves to start choosing something different for ourselves takes a Herculean amount of strength. Some people never get there their whole life with whatever version they're in of that. So I really want to honor you for every one of those really courageous moments. That being said, You've done things that are one zillion times harder than starting a business or a community. You've done all the hard work. Now you're just going to be able to take your own resonance, your own clear Wi-Fi, and women who really need that in their life are going to hear it because it's just what there is to hear. And they're going to be able to move because of it. They're going to be able to come out of their own small place where they're tolerating that and mute that person because of that. As far as what you just asked in terms of, so does it need to be this big thing or does it need to just start? Da, 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 da. So here's, here's the real truth for anyone. It's almost like our brain wants us to think it has to be this big thing because the real work for any business, any single person who started anything, it started with one person and then it grew a community. And there's something in the truth that makes us more uncomfortable. It's like, oh, it would require, because you know why? You can actually picture doing that with a big thing and somehow the words branding and marketing, you can't picture it so much. So you don't feel as scared. But if I say one by one, we're going to build this community by pouring into a person till that story is locked and loaded, 
you go, I can actually picture doing that. And now my imposter syndrome comes up and it's like, well, it's not about you. You already showed up for yourself. You're good. It's about her now. Get over yourself and tell her the story. And so that's really how it works with anything. It's one person at a time. And then what happens is you find ways to continue to serve them. And then you thought you were talking to that one person, but now there's 10. And now those 10 turn to 20. Because when you're riding a bike up a hill, those first few pushes are hard, but then there's something called momentum. So by the 15th push, it's easier. So it took us a year to get to a million downloads. By the end of year two, we were 5 million because that's called momentum. It's like a tornado or a tropical storm. It starts with one, you know, little wind in the tunnel, and then it gets more wind and it rallies more wind. And next thing you know, it's got a lot of momentum. So it's a force. That's how everything works. There's no such thing as branding and marketing, like branding and marketing starts with telling one person a story and then they tell it to their friend and then they tell it to their friend and then they tell it to their friend. So are there things that we show you to do that can help you tell the story better? Yeah. Like I said the other day on the live, it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. So it's really not about you having to do a lot. It's you having to listen a lot. It's you having to do less. It's you having to come up with ways to invite them in. It's creating community is how are you creating the right question, the right environment, the right atmosphere through a post, through a conversation, through a podcast, through a gathering at your house, through a gathering on Zoom. What are you doing to create the space for them? Because that's what they're going to get addicted to. Not you, but the space you created with just your energy that led them to what's inside of them. And that's how any brand does it, right? Apple is iPhone about you iMac, it's about your phone, your Mac, your computer. They're so brilliant. This is about me. This is an extension of me, my space, my this, right? Like it's for them, any product. They want you to see yourself reflected in their story. So it becomes a movement and it's anything that you can do that you feel you have that's a benefit to someone else by the way, you should then create a business out of it. I'll tell you why. It's not loving because when people don't transact, they don't transform. If you don't pay to go to see a trainer, you won't get those workouts done. That's just data. That's just what it looks like. If you don't invest in the car and your mom buys you the car, you won't take as good a care of the car. If you don't have skin in the game, I paid for my own college. I worked three jobs in college. Hell yeah, I was going to get straight A's. I got skin in the game. My parents didn't realize it at the time. They did me a big favor. Figure it out. You pay for your college. I got straight A's. I was a C student in high school. But I wasn't going to give up on the fact that I'm paying. Don't take away from someone their ability to have skin in the game that makes them uncomfortable enough to actually get it done. So when we have things that we do, why do you think we charge what we charge? Because this is not a energetic exchange of $100. This program, this is about you doing a colossal paradigm shift on your life. It's going to require sunk costs. It's going to require that you get energetically uncomfortable enough that you say, I invested in this. I have to do this. So you can do that with what you're doing. 
because those women, they can't miss those meetings. They can't afford it. So it doesn't matter what it's going to cost or what they're going to have to do to get to that meeting because they got to get out of that marriage. They got to get out of that hell. They better have some costs. You know, it's interesting. I'll tell you, it's one last thing. I have a friend who used to be a social worker, a therapist, a marriage family therapist. And she used to have a sliding scale. Oh, she tried to help people. She's like, yeah, it could be $40 or 24, whatever you can pay. Hmm. You know what happened? People would miss their appointments. The husband didn't show up this week. It's just me. What am I going to do? My marriage is falling apart. Next week, no one shows up. Next week, she doesn't show up. He shows up, but she doesn't. You know what she realized? Every one of her clients that paid very little, that didn't show up, they got divorced. And you know what they would do when they got divorced? They would find $5,000 for the divorce attorney retainer. And she said, oh, you had to pay five grand to end your marriage. And you showed up for that divorce, but you couldn't invest in, when I said therapy for your marriage might be helpful, you never came. Oh, because I gave you the sliding scale. So people say to me, you shouldn't charge this. You should charge me a hundred dollars. And I'm like, no, not on my watch, babe. Sorry, that's expensive. You can't afford that. You can't. I'll tell you too, I, I feel what you're saying. And I am in your uh, group. And so I'm going to do the next few months with you. And I am really excited about it. And as I was, I was talking to my mom about it and I'm like, you know, I don't have money for this. <laughs> this is definitely not something that, um, that like I could just do and then not show up. If I do this, this has to be what That's I right. do. It can't be something where I failed. There is no option. If I spend this money, I have no option to fail. It means I will succeed. I have that's to. right. And that's what I did when I decided to go to college, which wasn't $3,000. It cost me each year it was a state school. Each year was like 8,000. And then I had to pay to live there. So I turned around. I was like, look at me on my own terms. I figured out a way to spend $84,000 in four years. Holy shit. That taught me I can do anything. And I decided to take out the student loan to go to Spain and I paid that off and I didn't get married with any student debt. And neither did my husband who took the bus till he was 24 because his dad dropped dead in 1987. And he went to law school on his own dime and business school on his own dime. I'm for getting accountable that way. I think that is so gorgeous. And what do you think that's going to give to the women in there in, who come through your program who are like, oh my God, if she can do all of these things, how much more is possible in this present moment outside of the garbage in my mind? What's really possible? I'm going to go be a single mom who gets out of this and starts a business and does this and does that. It's so beautiful. You deserve the world and you're going to go get it. And you're going to model that for your kids. And we, we do our part of the bargain. Like in this program, you will not be watching Kathy and Colleen from pre-recorded videos. You'll be in live calls. We also give you like tons of extra stuff. So if you want to watch the pre-recorded extra things, you can, but we will be there live to do this level of coaching. And that's what you're really paying for. And you will find that in yourself. 
And I'm excited for you. And I'm excited that women in this program get to be with someone like you. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being who you are. It is amazing, incredible, and needed. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. So here's the thing. I have two podcasts that I have to do. We have people here to film it because Colleen kicked my ass and she's like, I've had it with this. Like, no, like let's, it's been 650 episodes. You could afford now to up the ante. And she's right. I figured five years in, we'll get different headphones. Eventually we'll, we'll, we'll make worlds out of this. So, um, we're going to do that now, but let me tell you some things. The price for the program will go up on Wednesday. Get your butt in it now. Cause some of you, we do this every time and people go, it's Thursday night. Can I? And I go, no. And you'll be better off for it because you'll know that you're even more committed. But if you don't want to be that person, sign up before Wednesday, kathyheller.com slash join. If you sign up by tonight at midnight, there's new bonuses for the, you've missed other ones, but you have all these abundance bonuses, which are so good for you to come out of. There's meditations and all these really cool ways for you to learn how to step down your scarcity mindset. You'll probably like that even more than everything else, to be honest. And if you want to join the platinum version, those seats are going away, but we have a few left and you can be at our, our retreat at my house and you'll get the ticket to the Andy Grammer private intimate concert and all the other guests that are going to be there those two days, that's going to be so much fun. So you get a lot of stuff for that. Um, and Colleen, is there anything else? Oh, I also want to tell you, we're going to give away, um, we're doing this big giveaway where we're giving away a MacBook, a laptop, and we're also giving away a trip to LA plus a thousand dollar shopping spree just for the hell of it. All you have to do to get in on that is go to kathyheller.com slash share. And all you have to do is review and subscribe to my podcast and um, share it with a friend. So do that because that's easy enough. Colleen, anything else you want to say before we hop off? We are going to see you back here on Wednesday. So tomorrow we won't be live, but we'll be live same time, nine Pacific, noon Eastern. That'll be our big wrap up party. So that'll be the last time we're, you know, formally live together here on Zoom this week. So make sure to note that down, come back and join us. You can always DM any of us, Sonnet, Steph, Nancy, Esgy, myself, Kathy, we're all here, all happy to answer questions and we'll see you soon. Thank you. See you guys Wednesday. If you enjoyed this, come back with questions on Wednesday because we're going to do a wrap up. You can ask me anything on Wednesday about business, podcasting, or anything that we've discussed. And I'll be happy to spend that last hour with you just answering as many questions as I can. And Colleen, thank you so much. And thank you to my amazing team. Have a great day, you guys.